Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Welcome to Ready to Unload, New York Sports Talk Internet Radio Show with Cal and Sandy. Now with more Cal. We're coming to you live. It is Wednesday, November the 16th, 2011. And this is episode number 1135, entitled, We Aren't Talking About Reyes. But guess what? We probably will talk about Reyes. The show is being produced tonight by pop culture PJ, live from his home in Freehold, New Jersey, in Dumplingtown Studios 1, and of course my co-host is Brian Calneva, Caliente Calpino Calvi, he is live from Comac, I am live from Bayside, we are ready to unload. Welcome to the show. Just wanted to uh, have that big scream in there. The guy screaming, unload. Because the show's called Ready to Unload, you see. You see how that works? See what we did there? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, we got a really big show tonight. It's not even really a show. It's just a conversation. Just a couple of buddies just talking it out. Just two guys who love sports uh, and just going to talk it out a little bit. You know, hug it out. Uh, and uh, let's 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 get the party started. So much to talk about, Brian. You're breathing very heavily into your microphone. You do realize that, right? <laughs> wow, are you fuming mad? I, I, is this like a is this like a new radio? Is this a new personality you're going to bring in tonight? <laughs> fuming? I, I might I might debut somebody new tonight. Let's let's welcome uh, in my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in uh, the sublime. World of sports, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpina Caliente Calvi. Hi, Brian. Hey. Hey. Hello. What's up, Steve? Nothing, dude. How was your week? What's going on? What goes on as we approach the holidays? Boy, can you believe that a week from tomorrow is Thanksgiving? It's crazy. I can't. I believe it's the giving. 
You believe it? I don't believe it. It's crazy. Uh, we had a ton to uh, to discuss with each other tonight uh, in terms of Penn State and this debacle, this scandal, this disgusting situation there. But And we know it's well-covered ground, but we want to talk about it a little bit. Um, you know, talk it out. And then we want to talk about uh, baseball, thinking about scrapping, going to divisions. I have an announcement to make. Huge breaking news in terms of the Metropolitans. Mm. And and Cal, you think I'm? That's correct. Let's tease it. Let's let's go to the uh, RTU newsroom and tease it a little bit. And we're joined now by correspondent man on the street, balding man on the street. The shine, the shine on his forehead here in the studio. Let's go to our man on the street, Paul. Paul tonight. How can I help you? Paul, uh, we, want to te- we want to tease the big announcement. Well, that's good. I have no idea what this announcement is, but I'm sure it's going to be huge. Folks have been talking about it all night. Stay tuned. <laughs> if, you <don't, laughs> if you don't hear this, your cat may die. <laughs> Tune in at 11 when Paul Cassiopo tells you all about it. Uh, and later tonight, sugar. Is it too sweet? <laughs> Your kids' lunches. <laughs> what was the one you said that one night, Cal? Uh, about, about the school lunches. <laughs> school lunches. <laughs> the, the teasers on the local network news. First of all, can I just can I just tell you the greatest local news of all time? count was when when i lived in los angeles right uh-huh. when, when we lived in la for four years i think pj i think i've told you this too but uh i lived in la for about four and a half years and it was an uh, uh my buddy and i had had a place my buddy terry and it was uh a nightly thing cal to tune into the news to watch the nightly car chase <laughs> every night every, literally every night on the six o'clock news some fool was trying to outrun the police. Well, was this would have been after OJ, right? This was, oh yeah, well after OJ. Oh, without okay. a doubt. But it was every night. Now, so we would sit there and watch them, and one thing we'd be like, what's your plan when you get into that? <laughs> like, oh, he's on the highway, he's doing 95. Like, are you really going to make it to Mexico? Okay, <laughs> so, what are you, Christopher Cross? It's not going to happen. Let me ask you a question, though. Did they have a car chase correspondent for the news? Absolutely. Like, was there a per- there was a person specifically designated for that role, right? You know how we have the- they have the choppers there. The chopper day, like the chopper guy's day, was twofold. In the morning, it was traffic. <laughs> At six o'clock, it was to do the car chase. Oh, that's terrific! It was unbelievable every night. And then, of course, they had they had this one. I think he was a weatherman. And his name was like Dallas Rains. Like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and he was like tan and like blonde hair. Like he looked like a Ken doll. And my buddy yeah. Terry, you know, uh, let's keep this show clean. But my buddy Terry always used to say he looked like really disheveled, you know, in a way. <laughs> he looked sort of like disheveled and like, you know, something was going on under the desk when they threw it to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> 
Like, hold on, just one second. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'll get you. I'll get you the weather in a minute. That's it terrific. Was, yeah, he was filthy. Uh, but the nightly, uh, the nightly chase. Uh, the nightly, on, and Exactly. So uh, that teaser you threw out the one day, though, for the local news, they're just so good. <laughs> What's in your kid's lunchbox? It may kill them. You better watch. Um, anyway, Cal, all your work, is your pet driving your car? You might be surprised to know what's happening. <laughs> Paul Cassiopo has more at 11. <laughs> How your own teens can get you pregnant. <laughs> an RTU special report. Uh, so listen, uh, fellas. Uh, well, PJ, how was your week? Oh, it was great. Absolutely great. I spent the whole week rebuilding uh, instruments, getting Dumpling Sound Studios back up. Excellent. And yeah, how's it look? How's it look? Yeah, how's it looking? Not great. <laughs> right yet not no not great yet it's uh a bit of a it's it's like a cliche equipment closet you know if you were going to set up the equipment closet in a crazy man's house that's what it is wires things on the walls like there are mops on the walls we don't know why there are mops on the walls and there's wires on the floor and there's a rolled up carpet and there's a heater in the middle that you know is going to set something on fire but it's still there and then me right well well PJ the mops are there because you had a thousand year flood yeah but see but the water's gone but the mops remain <laughs> Isn't that a Led Zeppelin album? The mop remains, yes. The, the, right. The water's gone, but the mop remains. I think that was a live album. <laughs> and when the waters have receded... <laughs> this is a song of hope. Uh, now, Cal, I was talking to PJ today. We might as well do this on the air before we get into the actual sports uh, portion of our evening. Okay. Uh, I was talking to Paul uh, Cachopo there, the bishop, about uh, doing a live RTU from Dumpling Sound Studios on a Saturday night. When you say, well, when you say live, because we're live right now. No, no, no. I'm talking about in the same room. Physically. Oh, oh, okay. Taking a ride saying, to Dumpling Sound Studios. Once the room is really back online and it's a studio, perhaps. Right. As a as a re-maiden voyage, a revisit of the maiden voyage. There's a maiden yeah. involved. The maiden. Well, come on, we'll do this. Then we'll play this live. Yeah, that, I'll, I only come if you will do this live. Oh. Oh. That'd be hot. Oh. Like a house band. <laughs> so basically we have the RTU house band, who's also the host and the producer. <laughs> Do that. Uh, so we got to we, we got to do that, Bry. And then maybe we can uh, we can have that special guest on uh, that uh, we're going to have. Let's do that. Would be a good time to do it. I still that have her be, number. Jenna Jameson. That's correct. We're going strict Howard Stern on that show. Right. Right. We're going old school Howard Stern. I could get Doctor <laughs> Oz. We could, we could get Doctor Oz. See, that's the, that's the kind of producer he is. You hear him, Bry? 
I can get you Dr. Oz. Like, he just starts throwing out names. He's going to be like, I can get you, you know, Freddie <laughs> Prinze Jr. I, I mean, if you want Freddie, I mean, I didn't know you guys would want that on the show. <laughs> well, I would. You know? I'd get him so that he'd bring his wife. Dr. Oz's, who's Dr. Oz's wife? No, no Freddie Prinze Jr.'s Jr. wife. Oh, Mrs. Oz. <laughs> Sorry, he's just, he's, our, our producer's talking out of his ass. <laughs> I get I you. I mean, and those sh- people that I do know still wouldn't let me call in the favor. That's right. Vin Scully? I get you, Vin Scully. I didn't know you guys right. would want, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tony Orlando I and Dawn? Just say the word. I can make that happen. Can you I can get, get you Bill Bixby? Simmons. You want Sue Simmons? She's really nice. Friendly lady. Janice Huff? <laughs> you want Janice Huff? Can you get Bill Bixby? Cal has a special request. We want we want Bill Bixby. So whatever you he do, did. do not make him mad. I don't think he's with us anymore. I think he I think he has passed away, Cal. I think I oh, think yeah. he's moved on. Yes, he has. The greener pastures. Ha 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 ha. Oh man. Good good one. Good one. Uh, if anybody out there is listening uh, live to us, we, we do have a lot of listeners to the podcast. I don't know how many people check us out live, but if you are listening and you want to call in and talk about anything we're talking about tonight, and you can see what we're going to talk about on the uh, the Blog Talk radio page, because I put some of the topics that we might get into tonight that Cal and I are burning to get into. You did that? I did that. You I didn't find that. Do not look. What is look with it. you, man? I better check that out. I went... <laughs> I went and I could not find it, and my Uvu uh, keeps quitting out. So, I hope I'm I not getting that. dumped. That that is not. Uh, he's not using some sort of code there. Uvu is the uh, program that we use to video conference call each other. That was <laughs> that was in prison slang. Uh, I had an Uvu just before I came on the air. I don't know if I told uh, you. I am three Uvus to the wind right now. I had a nice long Uvu. I'll tell you about it later. I didn't even know who she was, but she could ooboo. Um So listen, uh so Pete, we'll talk to you a little later in the show when you do the uh your your top ten albums of the nineties. You gonna do that? Uh with uh just one question before before I leave. Do they have to be from the nineties? <laughs> no. Let's do your top ten albums from the nineties. They could be any decade. What about the top ten albums that I enjoyed in the nineties, which could have oh, actually okay. been from any time? No. So we wanted. So we want to make the the fun load. What was PJ listening to in the nineties? Well, I I think the fun load in general should be about what I'm thinking, what I like. You know. <laughs> well, you did write the theme song. No, I said so, a lie. That's it's only right. fair. Can you play More this later when we do the actual fun load? <laughs> You're confusing all our listeners, and the people on the West Coast think the show's already over. That's right. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm late. Uh, the show's I'm late. Been on for oh, hours. We missed the big unload. They're already at the fun load. I uh, unloaded my Uvu. We'll talk to you in a bit, and you can uh, and you can reveal your top ten albums you were listening to in 1993. How's that? You just wait. Just wait to what I reveal. What, what, what was PJ and Cal? You're in on this too. I don't want you to think I'm, we're going to be like, no, Cal, you can't tell us what you were listening to in 1993. I don't want to tell you what I was listening to in 1993. What were we listening to in 1993? 
Okay, that's what we're going to do. All right. All right. That that the Mets will have the same record that they had in 1993 this year, the coming year. So we'll, we'll do it that way. They're going to suck that badly. Good time. Uh, okay, we'll talk to you in a bit, producer man. I love you. He does. You know, the nice part is he does. He does. I feel it. Listen, Cal. Penn State, right? We mm. we talked uh, uh, about it a lot last week. It's it's not going away. Obviously, it's not going to go for, away for a long time. Uh, it's a scandal of epic proportions in sports. I again, I just want to continue the conversation that we've been having, uh, whether it's on BlackBerry IM or whatever, you know, and not get into anything special. But I wanted to ask you: Did you? Because it was unclear in our BlackBerry IMs. Did you uh, watch the Sandusky interview with Bob Costas? Uh, what do you take from that if you did? And um, is that is that the, the worst legal Hail Mary in the history of sports or history of the legal profession? Of, of law? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't watch it. I couldn't. Um, as I said, it's and you know I don't I don't want to come off as, as sanctimonious or anything, but. He he literally makes my stomach turn. The man, just just to see him on on TV or to hear him talk or I, I can't I can't listen to him. And I was debating whether or not I was going to watch the interview because I figured it was probably a big deal. You know, it's probably something that I that that you should listen to. You should check it out and at, at least hear what he has to say. Um, but I didn't I didn't watch it. I did I did hear about it and I know what he said and I'm glad I didn't watch it because it's it's incomprehensible how he's trying to claim his innocence in this well I think you know a lot of what we found out recently and since that interview is that essentially that's not an unusual thing for and again we I've convicted this guy I don't care I refuse to use the word alleged the the, the you know, abundance of evidence is overwhelmingly in favor of uh, the fact that this guy is is guilty of these of these charges, or, or at least most of them. Um, but we found out, Bri, that that's not unusual. Okay, for a, a, a serial pedophile to be in denial about their actual acts. That's true. And to sort of think, and and that doesn't by any way, shape, or form excuse it. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just simply saying, if anything, he fit the profile. He went directly into the profile of a pedophile by denying these acts or saying things like, oh, well, I shouldn't have showered with – I mean, the, just the whole thing, just – you know, all of it. You read the grand jury report. You read the, 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 the all the eyewitness accounts and stuff like that. You can't have your flesh crawl anymore, anymore. No. But – what about and, – and, and this is what I really wanted to ask you about, Bri. What about a cover-up here of epic proportions? I mean, what can you see a situation where this goes to the state level in Pennsylvania? Can you see it's a situation where to protect the good name of Penn State uh, and, and Joe Paterno, who is, you know, they ought to call it Paterno State, can you see a cover-up of that epic proportions? 
going forward or, or that it's been covered up or that, that it's been that? I mean, is, this, is, is, is it too simplistic to say that, that the, the, the Joe Paterno might have known there were whispers, blah, 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 or was like this known and specifically covered up for years until they could get the guy out of there because he couldn't control himself over those years? You know, like one of those deals where they kept going to him and saying, you got to stop doing this. Gotta stop. Yeah, but, but Steve, they got him out of there, and he continued to do it. And then he continued to come back and do it. Right, but they left him to go back there, Bri. I mean, they, they let, let him go back there. You go back on the campus. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, right, so the cover-up to, the, to, that you got to get out of here didn't work because he kept going back. Right. And they kept allowing him back. I just, I just wonder how... If the charges and if the situation is as far-reaching and the scandal and is as far-reaching as it potentially might be, how many, how many mechanisms are in place to keep this under wraps? Listen, how many, how many graduates of Penn State are, are working in law enforcement in the legal field? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, who knows? Who knows how far this will go? Yeah, you know. I mean, just just in the um, in the week and a half that we've seen this story, every day it's like another layer of the onion gets peeled back, and it's something more that that gets revealed. So I don't I don't think we could even comprehend how deep this story goes or or predict where it's going. Right. What do you What do you make of the McQuarrie stuff now? I mean, what do you make of him saying that uh, he did? Stop it! And he, while he didn't physically stop the uh, what he was witnessing, the the uh, the incident in the shower and the and the supposed uh, rape of the boy in the shower, he says that I you know I did stop it. I made sure it stopped. Uh, I don't, I don't do you find this? Is. Yeah. Do you find this to be sort of convenient? Oh, the uh, timing! The timing is awful. Right. And I don't I don't know if he has an attorney that's guiding him. In this case, oh, I'm sure he does. Well, then this was this was poor advice. This was poor legal advice to have him speak yesterday. Right. Well, let me ask you though, uh, just gut feeling. Do you buy it? Do you no. buy any? Do you don't buy any part of that. No, not at all. Because, and I'll tell you why. There's a grand jury report which details what his testimony was back in 2002. Why didn't he mention it in the grand jury report? Why didn't he mention it then? That he stopped uh, it, right? Right, right, and and other or the other thing is that he's lying now, or he was lying then. What he he was lying when he when he testified, and if he was and if he lied under oath when he testified, I mean that's perjury. That's and it's a federal offense, right? Perjury in front of a grand jury. But so he so either way, what what he tried to do by saying that he did that he stopped it and and by sending that email out, it, it hurt him. One way or the other, either he was lying then and, he's, and he perjured himself, or he's lying now and he's making himself look worse. But there's no chance he's lying then. I don't no think chance, so. No chance, because he, he's, he's essentially flushing his career down the toilet. You know what I mean? Twice. I mean when he go to jail. Well, no, but I'm saying, I'm not even talking about perjury, Brian. I'm talking about him saying that he witnessed an anal rape in a shower you know, with Jerry Sandusky and his kid, why would he lie about that? He's, he would be destroying his career. You know what I mean? So there's, there's no chance he's lying about that, I don't think. 
you know, but it, but it's suspect to say now, oh, and I made sure it wasn't going on anymore. I made sure I, I, it stopped. And and you know what? I don't need Why to wouldn't hear you just say that then. Right, and I don't need to hear. Well, well, the facts will come out in time. There's a lot more to this than than no, know right now. Yeah, I mean that's that's just him buying time to make up more facts. That's fancy lawyer talk. I don't know. What do you What do you make of 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 him? I, you know, he's he's the. You know what's even more difficult about? I, I don't know what to make of him, Brian. And also, they don't have this witness uh, or this uh, victim. They don't, the victim number two. They don't have. Well, what do you think of the victim today? Can come forward. Victim number two has it doesn't. They don't know who this is. Well, there is a victim that claims he was assaulted by Sandusky, and the attorney has come forward. I don't know if you saw this today. That uh, uh, an attorney has come forward. He says he has a client who was a victim of Sandusky, and he was motivated to really press, you know, to push the issue with Sandusky and to come forward now. He was motivated by Sandusky's interview the other night with Bob Costas. Did see that, right, right, right. That he was so, so disgusted by that interview and Sandusky denying that he did these things. Right. Didn't his victim also say that? But I think this is victim number one. This is not the. This is not the yeah. from the shower. No, this is a different one. That I want to bring. I want to bring uh, uh, Peach back in on this. Peach, uh, jump back in on this because I'm sure you've been watching the coverage too. And I want to bring you back into the conversation for a second. Uh, PJ, what do you make of, of uh, McQuarrie as far as this goes right now? Do you buy his story at all or do you find, uh, right. Okay. So the, no, the email email thing smacks of, you know, saying what you need to say to your friend to have them leave you alone, you know? Okay. Right. And also, you know, it speaks of uh, his regret. Maybe in his mind, he really did want to be the guy who stopped it. And since regrets that he never did. Right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it reads this way. Well, so, well does, does Peter, does he since regret that he never did? Or does he regret it now that everybody has come down on him saying that he should have? <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, tough. Both. I mean, it's a tough question. And he both. also, right, he, both, definitely. And he also, let's keep in mind, guys, and, and this is, again, to no way, shape, or form excuse him. I'm just putting things into uh, the, the the context in which it happens. This kid is, tw- not kid, this, this is a grown man. He's 28 years old. I'm sorry, he's not 20. Okay, he was 28 years old at the time of the assault. At the time. Right, he's got a grad assistant job with the football program. He still has a job there. Okay, at what point is do we have to just suspect that he was bought off? You know, and bought from off with a job. One. You suspect right. that from day one. Right. Well, didn't he didn't get his job shortly thereafter? He maybe he got his permanent job. You mean? Because yeah, I think job I, grad assistant. But he was an unpaid graduate assistant. I think he received a paying job at the university shortly thereafter in 2002. Right. So now you start to wonder if he didn't put the screws to them and say, I will go to the police if you don't. You know what I mean? Like, it just can get so freaking 
disgusting and serial pulp novelish. I, I don't know yeah. if that's the right connotation, but you, you guys know what I mean. Like just so down and dirty. In, where, in an invest, investigation like this, where these are the circumstances, you don't allow anybody the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know? They've lost all that. You, right. You can't. They lost all that. You don't. You don't. You don't write something off to someone's better angels or something and say why something didn't happen. You you look for the darkness now. Right. Because this is layers and layers deep. It's it's you know, bureaucratically layers deep, it's criminally layers deep, it's morally layers deep. And it all yes, came out true. big splash. You just right. you know it's gonna take a while to peel the onion. Right, and digest it and peel the curtain back on, on you know, in full on the drama because it, you're absolutely right. It's it's a uh, it, it can it count Answer me this. Now, with Paterno now out, Paterno, you know, the, the board does what it has to do. You know, we, we, we discussed all that last week, and they did, they did the right thing, finally. But now it's coming out more and more about how much power Paterno actually wielded at Penn State. I think it was like the worst, you know, sort of the worst kept secret in the world. Mm. But how, how much further, I mean... Can, do you think at some point that Paterno winds up being investigated for for a cover-up? What does your gut tell you on that? My gut tells me that he will be. Right? Like, they keep saying he's not a target of the investigation and blah, 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 blah. I think you have to get somebody outside in there. I think you have to get somebody outside of Pennsylvania. Right. You know, the right. Pennsylvania authorities, whether it's they've talked about Tom Ridge or they've talked about whatever – Okay, you have to get somebody outside of them because who's going to go after Joe Pa? Somebody will go after him. This this is is such a a huge story now that someone can make a name for themselves. You know, if every listen, every act is a self is a selfish act when you think about it. You know, so somebody will go after. You know, if I'm the guy that goes and gets Joe Paterno, makes a name for himself that way, right. but. He'll you, but whoever it is will use this situation, which you know. It, it, this is huge. This is a huge thing. This is not a point shaving scandal. This is not giving recruits money. You know, this is this is this is serious. You know, and I think that it it warrants an investigation, right, from an independent source, right, or or on the federal level. You know, I'm no, saying, yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think the state police are going to get anywhere. No, with this, and, and, you've got to put and, the screws to everybody, though. Everybody, right? Everybody, yeah. Because if, the, if you lay back, if you lay back on enough people, and there is a conspiracy, well, then you're giving them a, an excuse to everybody stick to your story and just wait it out. Right. You've got to test loyalties. You got to put. You have to put people against each other. You know, you have to play the old. Uh, you know, this guy said this about you, and. This guy said this about you, and what are you going to say back? You know, it's a journalist job. Right, right. The Woodward and Bernstein, right. He said this about yeah. you. What do you got to say about that when he may yeah. not have even said that about you? No, right. it, that right. doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. No, I, I, that's, I that's agree. That's the way to dig to it. Now, from a, a, a football standpoint, Brian, I don't know if you uh, – I don't think you got to watch the game on Saturday. I know I didn't. Um, but, you know, obviously football takes a back seat. There were uh, – 
you know, Penn State trying to. Oh, oh dear. It's by the way, it's almost impossible not to have when discussing the story to have some sort of. It's almost impossible not to have some sort of uh, double entendre situation. It's just, it's almost impossible. And the and the man's name is is terrible for this. Terrible. I just it's unfortunate. Paterno, Sandusky, because it sounds like I know. Right. So uh, I, forgive me for uh, you know backseating the the con- whatever. The football game was on. There were protests. There were people in support of abused children. You know, I just I could care less. I could care less about the game. I could care less. Now I didn't go there, but I could care less if Penn State ever plays a football game again. I mean, that's how that's how much I blame the football program for this going on. But you got to blame more than just the football program, Steve. It's the whole. It's the entire university. No, but uh, but 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 Cal, the importance of the football program is why this man was never reported. Period. Right. That's well. That's true. Period. What the football program means to Penn State, to me, and what it meant to Joe Paterno, and what Joe Paterno meant to it, is why this was why this guy was allowed to hide. Because they couldn't tarnish the good, and for, there's too much money at stake mm-hmm. with the football program. How many millions of dollars does that football program bring in a year? How many millions oh. of dollars? I can't even imagine. It's the biggest money maker Penn State has. Period. Period. I'm going to stop saying period. Right. One more. Period. Right. So, so the football program to me is to blame. Now, not these current players. It's not their fault. They should be. I think they should be allowed a free transfer. You know, the NCAA never does that. But the NCAA also has never had a situation like this, ever. So I think they should be allowed a free transfer. I think they should be allowed a free year of eligibility. And if they want to transfer to another year to another school, they don't lose a year of eligibility. Because if I was a football player and I had any sort of conscience, I wouldn't want to play there anymore. Because the football and and they're, they they you know Dr. Ire said it, and they are like a cult. It is cultish. It is absolutely cultish what they were doing outside of Joe Paterno's house. Yep, fish. I know. And it's the cult of college football at that school. And to me, that's to blame for this not being reported. So, I, you know what? I, I don't care. Oh, we bleed blue and, we, you know, you know what? Then don't go to the football game. That would have been a good protest. Have empty seats there. I can't. I can't I, uh, kill. I can't kill them for what they did. You can't, I'm sorry. P, P, no, PJ, go ahead. I'm sorry. Can't kill Paterno. No, I can't kill the fans for going to the game and oh. supporting uh, victims of of child abuse. No, I, th- I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was a. You know, like like they say, you can't let the actions of a few paint the entire school. You can't. And well, I few said that last we, week was that it, it had just had the potential of becoming a circus, but I don't, I don't think it became the, the circus that you would feared it might have become. Right. I don't. I. I but, but Brian, the. Uh, do well, that. No, I know you. 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 You didn't like it. Do that at the next basketball game. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Well, but the football team and, and the football program is to blame for this. So yeah, I, it just seemed hypo, hypocritical to me that you're going to put 107,000 people in that stadium who all paid to be there, okay, and put that much money back in the football program's pocket. I know. You know, it's vicious cycle. I can't. I, I now, now, Brian, don't get me wrong. I would. I, I'm not. I'm not killing the people that went to the game and and showed support for victim abuse. Okay, you went, I, did it. Yeah. I really, I really think that a lot of them went for the right reason. Right. They didn't go to support I Penn State football that. and give their money to the program. I think they really did it for the right reason. You're absolutely right. And and let me make the distinction. What I what what I would have liked to have seen was them not go for that other reason to to say football is the reason we're in this mess. Okay, Thank football you. football is the reason these victims are, are here, or or you know these people have been victimized. I'm going to take the week off. Why don't all 107,000 of us take the week off and not go to a football game to show that we understand? Football is the reason we're here. A collective moment of silence. Exactly. On attendance. An an absentee moment of silence. Now, but Brian, you're absolutely right. Let's make the distinction. I do believe that 90% of the people that were there were there with the best intentions of supporting victims of abuse. So for sure. You know, if they were going to go, at least they went for the right reason. Absolutely. I think. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. From what I saw, you know, the coverage I saw and stuff like that, it, it, I, I agree with you. But I will say this. Story makes me sick every day. Every day. How much I can know. he kill Paterno for not going to the police, though? Because had he gone to the police, it still would have been hearsay. He didn't see anything. I, but it's his responsibility. It's the law. It's the law. See, he's out on a legal technicality, Peach. Because it is a law on the books in Pennsylvania, just like it is in New York. If you are an educator and you work at a school, any school, and you have knowledge of any sort of potential child abuse, whether it be sexual or physical, you are obligated legally to report it to a superior. Now, no, that's where you're wrong. It's not a law in Pennsylvania. It's a law in it's a law in 18 states, and Pennsylvania is not one of them. That's they said it was a law. They said the only reason he's not up on uh, he's not being charged is because he reported it to his quote unquote superior, who's the AD. I'm pretty sure it is on the books in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Brian. I have to look at I'll look at that. I I thought that that was that was the loophole here was that it's not a law in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of the states where it's not. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to check on that. I could be wrong. Check it out. Because I, I seem to remember reading that. But anyway, in, in, in any case, to answer your question, Peach, he had more than hearsay. He had a grad assistant telling him what he saw. Mm-hmm. So the, the problem is, like, the problem is not just what he's obligated to do by the law, which I'm really pretty sure, Cal, that he was obligated to tell his superior. I'm going to have the law. But we'll check it out. But what he's morally obligated to do, which to me, this happens in 2002, three years after this guy resigns. Jerry Sandusky has already resigned. Paterno had to have known about it the whole time. He had to have known about it for years. 
for years. So when McQuarrie comes to him in 2002, he just says, uh, you know, what am I going to do? I'm not going to go to the police. That's going to tarnish the program. You know, and this guy's been doing it for years. You know, somebody just slap him on the wrist again, okay, and tell him not to bring kids around the school. That's exactly what happened to me. You know, and it's, it, was like everybody else. That's it. That's it. Don't do it on school grounds. We're going to turn on that. argument. Because... See, yep. back to my Nambla argument. Well, I'll tell you what, Peach, the funny Wait, thing is. People that are okay with it. I don't, you know, we, we, you know, Cal, I know you were probably listening to Francesca the last couple of days or listening to Sports Talk Radio here. That was uh, brought up more times than I thought it would be. Right. The idea that Paterno turned a blind eye to it because he didn't have a problem with it. I I, I can't I, I, buy, <laughs> I can't buy that. You know, I can't buy that. I, I just I can't buy that out of a seventy five year old, you know, at that time Paterno. I can't. You know, I can't. I, I, I can see him not understanding it at all. And maybe I not necessarily approving of it. Definitely not approving of it, but not understanding it and just being like, ah, whatever. You know? <laughs> like, you know, turn it into like the old man. Like, ah, flippity flu. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I don't think I, so. I guess it's wrong, but I don't, who knows? <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I can't see him. But that argument, Peach, was made a ton. Yeah. And that argument was made a ton, and it was made by – it was brought up – Cal, I don't know if you caught that one worker who works uh, – a social service worker who works uh, with abused children and stuff like that and, and has worked – you know, caught pedophiles. And, and you know, he sort, of, he sort of said that too, that sometimes in the workplace it's not necessarily frowned upon. And that's why it's not reported. Here, you were right about this, by the way. In most states, professionals who work with children in any capacity are identified as mandated reporters and are required by law to report suspected child abuse or neglect. And what I was thinking was approximately 18 states define mandated reporters more broadly to include any citizen who is suspected that a child is being abused or neglected. I see. So, so all states, you're right, all states, a, a teacher or an educator would be considered a mandated reporter, and they are required by law to, re- to report suspected abuse. Right. They don't, it doesn't have to be. They don't even have to see it. Right. And then, and then the, the 18 states just kind of extend that mandated reporter designation. You don't have to be a teacher. You could just right. be like any, you know, a, pers- a person in the room. You'd be a janitor, like right. the janitors in this case. Right. You know, I, and that's and that's why that's why that's okay. I got it now. That's why McQuarrie wouldn't be wouldn't have been arrested because he wasn't a mandated reporter. And Pennsylvania is not one of the 18 states that extends that mandated reporter designation. I see. So that's that's what I was thinking of. See, I thought McQuarrie was off the hook because he told Paterno. No, he said, well, he's off the hook because he told Paterno, and he's off the hook because he's not a mandated reporter. I see. But Paterno is. But Paterno is. Then you just got to get these two guys on truth serum and ask them, well, then, why didn't you go any further with this? Right. Well, Why why are you okay with this? What element about this made it okay? Well, that's that's what Francesca said about the interview with Costas and Sandusky and Sandusky's lawyer. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, Francesa, uh, to his credit, has done a great job with this story. We kill him all the time, but he's been really great with this story. And we'll kill him again. And for, don't, don't walk I, about later. I'll kill, him, I'll kill him for what he said about the Mets today. Because uh, he took the Mets out to the woodshed, so and he enjoyed it. So we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Because uh, I'm about, I'm going to take the Mets out to the woodshed tonight. All right? Well, we got to stop saying that, because that's not good with the Sandusky conversation. You can't, you can't say anything. Look what he's done. He's, he's ruined everything. You can't talk him out of anything. I'm telling you. Um, but Francesca... Taking all the innuendo about, and made it wrong. Exactly. Francesca said, the question I would ask is, had you not asked them if they'll take a lie detector test? You asked Sandusky, point blank, if he's a pedophile. He danced around the answer, by the way, or danced around the question. Mm-hmm. And then Costas asked him yeah. again. And, he, and then it. he said no. Yeah. Yeah. His, and his, then his frontal lobe wouldn't let him deny it. Right. That's exactly that's right. That's how you know you got the guy. It's the same way Michael Jackson wouldn't answer the question. Right. Right. I'm just a kid on a playground. Um, right. But they, well, they said the same thing about him. He's just a big kid. That's what his lawyer said. Right. He's just a big kid. Yeah. Ah. A big sick kid. Um, big kids got to keep their pants on though. Yeah. He, uh, but he, you know, Costas could have asked him, do you, you know, will you take a lie detector test? You know, that's that would have been a good question. Look, I, all right, that's enough with enough now. That's enough. It's not enough. It's never going away. <clears throat> I know, and it's getting in the way of talking about the frivolous fr- frivolity of regular sports, which is supposed to be just fun and trivial. And you know what, Brian? Sports lately are not fun for me. I'm not having any fun. No, we talked about this the other night. Not having any fun after the Jets lost to the Patriots. No. And the Islanders are in the midst of another 10-game losing streak. And, I mean, shoot, bro, even the Dayton Flyers lost last night in their first game of the season to Miami of Ohio in overtime. I mean, I can't – I said the other day <clears> – this <throat> was hilarious. I said the other day – on Monday, I said, who's the best uh, NASCAR guy? <laughs> I'm going to root for him. Like, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. Nobody can say a word to me because it's NASCAR. Who cares what bandwagon you jump on? And I'm going to go all in for the best NASCAR guy so I can experience winning. Well, I think NASCAR fans would have a say in, in that. Yeah, but I'm in New York. I'm, I'm not in Alabama. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, right. I'm going to be one of seven NASCAR fans in New York. Why don't you go to a Knicks game? They'll welcome me. Ass. Oh, my God. You've been waiting two months to say that. <laughs> but, Cal, what was it that, what was it that uh, Dr. E. Ray told me? He said it, w- it would have been hilarious if I had said this on Sunday, right, and said I was going to root for Jimmy Johnson because he's the five-time NASCAR champion. And he's like the Yankees right now of NASCAR. Right. And so if I had said that on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, he was eliminated from the points championship this year. <laughs> that would have got on right in time. I would have got, got on board right on time for Jimmy Johnson to fuck. I would have mushed him too. It's crazy. I'm at the point where they give me my tickets ripped up at the track already, Cal. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a mush. Listen, let's talk about uh, 
this baseball thing before we yeah, get to the- where do we start? Well, look, I said we weren't going to talk about Jose Reyes, okay? Okay. We we spent very nice. Ooh, love it. That's nice. It's time for this week in baseball. Um, we spent well, like. We spent like an hour on Jose Reyes two weeks ago. Then we had Ted Bergen, spent another 45 minutes with on Well, look look at it this way. In a couple of weeks, we will be spending no more time on Jose Reyes ever. That's correct. So we might as well just get it all out now, at least from the Mets standpoint. Uh, so, Steve, what do you think about the, the report that Florida or Miami Marlins have offered Jose Reyes a six-year $100 million contract. Let's start 90. there. I thought it was 90. Uh, it could have been. I've seen 90. I've seen 100. I've seen a million. <laughs> what do you think of that? Let's say it's six years and 100. Let's say six years, $100 million. I, I hate it uh, because the Mets are not going to match that. Do you think they should? Ah, from a baseball aspect, six years at a hundred million. What is that? How much is that a year? Seventeen. Ish. We are not looking at this in a vacuum. We're looking at real facts in in today's world <laughs> and the current state of the Mets. We're dealing in reality right now. Okay. Reality. E.J. Bryan's yelling at me. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to. I'm trying. This is tough love right now. Okay. Okay. Do you think the Mets, in their current state, Steve, do you think they should match that offer? Yes or no? Doctor e- Doctor Erase Test is unavailable. <laughs> oh, you, you, me. Okay. Um, Steve. Right. Sam Pete. Cow. Steve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he introduces the eggs. <laughs> Did you ever see that SNL sketch, Jackie Rogers Jr.'s $100,000 jackpot watch? Yes. <laughs> and when uh, Jim Belushi is playing Bob Keisha. Uh, as Captain Kangaroo, and they're doing it's like a password situation, and Mary Gross <laughs> is the contestant. That's what I feel. I feel like Mary Gross right now. He introduces the act. I don't know. I can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Top hat microphone. A monkey. <laughs> he introduces the act. Next one. Sorry, that's a little inside SNL baseball. But that's what I feel like. No, I don't know. Okay, out of the vacuum. We're not in a vacuum. Out of the yeah. vacuum. Like Peter said, you can't breathe. No, they they can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. They simply cannot afford six years and $100 million. All right, now, what if it was five years? They can't do that either. So it's the hundred million. Yes. 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 
Okay. They, they could take $20 million on in salary this year. I'm firmly convinced of that. I don't know how because they're only going to have $15 million for 20 players. Oh, enough already, Adam Rubin. Look, the, uh, all I'm saying is that's nonsense. They could take him if, – if Jose Reyes came to them tomorrow and said, four years, $80 million. They would do. They would do that. I would do that, as would I. I would. I would be okay with that. They would do that. I. Th- I'm. For, I. I firmly believe the Mets would do that. I think that's the only thing they can afford. Now, I think, and we talked about this. I think he's more interested in the years, and that would make sense because he's injury prone. He's got to be. He's got to be. And he'll take less money per year if it guarantees him a longer contract. Exactly. He'd be a fool not to be more concerned with the years. Now, if he didn't have a history of leg problems, I think the Mets would have more of a shot. The Mets could kind of load up a three- or four-year contract for him and then sell him on the fact that when he's 31, 32 years old, he can get another mega contract after that, but, the, but he's got bad legs. He's, but, Cal, it's not even the bad legs. He relies on his legs. He's never going to sign a deal for less than five years, ever. He's got, he's got bad legs, too. He would be a fool, only a fool, would sign a contract for less than five years right now if you're him. You're 28 years old. You don't want to go through this again when you're 33, 32 years old. You don't want to go through this again with four more years on his legs. Then what are you going to get? You're going to get Ugas. No, he's got to get a six- or seven-year deal right now. He's got to. That's why I would not be surprised if he took six for 90. Now. The bigger problem, Mr. Bryan, mm, I was worried about this, is that the Mets, the New York Mets, cannot afford six years and $90 million. The New York Mets. I don't buy that. They can't Please. afford it, Brian. I don't buy that. I think they can afford it. They can't afford to keep their own player. I think they can afford it, and they're choosing not to because he's got a, he's got bad legs. Oh nonsense! They're, six years at ninety million, Brian. That's a bargain. That's fifteen million dollars at the end of that contract. See, now I think it's the six years that's the problem. He's making fourteen million dollars now. Okay, fine. The six years is the problem. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Next question. A monkey. <laughs> he introduces the axe. Um, it's frustrating. You're right. But Bry, okay, we can we can look at it this way. If it's not the if it's the years, why can't the New York Mets afford to take on six years and ninety million dollars? They've got no money. The Yankees can. The, Mets the other no other big other big market teams can. They have no money. They can't afford the years or the contract. They can't do anything. So here's what I propose. You ready? You ready for me to unload? (laughs) I see what you did there. I am not spending another penny on this team. I will not give those men named Wilpon another Dime. I'm going Frank Costanza right now. My eyes are closed. For those of you listening, I'm moving out of Del, moving to Del Boca Vista. I'm not buying any hats. 
I'm not buying any jerseys. I'm not buying any tickets. I'm out, baby. I am not giving these guys another penny. When Jose Reyes goes and signs with another team, I am not giving them another penny. And you know what? I'm canceling SNY. Well, all right, that's a lie. I'm not canceling SNY. You're not canceling SNY. I love SNY. <laughs> There's no chance. <laughs> and that's not, to say, that's not to say that I won't watch them. I'll watch them on TV. I will not give those guys another dime. As long as this ownership group, uh, I'm going to take the year off. No hats, no uh, cars, no motor cars, not a single luxury. I'm just going to screw that all up. But. So you've chosen, you've chosen <laughs> the 50th anniversary celebration of this organization as the year you're going to take off. <laughs> See, the best memorabilia and merchandise of the year. So let me understand this. Because <laughs> uh, you don't think I've thought this out. Let me just get this straight. Earlier today at City Field, the Mets held a press conference. They did. Talking about what a huge celebration this upcoming year was going to be. The 50th anniversary, 50 years of Mets baseball. They, they changed the uniforms. They're bringing back Banner Day. They're giving out jerseys at every game with the word fantastic on the back and a number 50. No player will wear the number 50 this year. And you're telling me that this, this is the year you're going to take off. I've had it. DJ just hung up. <laughs> well, well, why shouldn't it be, Brian? This is unacceptable. Unacceptable that these guys own my team. Unacceptable. I get it. They are running this team into the ground. Cal, let me just put this. This is what put me over the edge today. Okay? We can't afford Ramon Hernandez. <laughs> True story. We can't afford Ramon Hernandez, a 37-year-old second-rate catcher. We will not give him two years. We cannot afford that. Well, that was like the other day when the Dodgers signed Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis couldn't <laughs> like afford that. Right. The Mets were in on Mark Ellis, but then he got $4 million. $4 million, the whole dollars. <laughs> I understand in, in human context, that's just quite a bit of money. In baseball, that's that's what the the twenty sixth guy on the bench makes. The Yankees trainer makes four million dollars a year. The bat boy's making two point five. Alex Rodriguez has made four million dollars since this show has been on the air at nine thirty. <laughs> and we're in the off season. He's not even doing anything. He's not doing anything. Look, they couldn't. They can't afford Chris Capuano, Brian. I. Mm. Chris Capuano wants two years. We cannot do that. I mean, come on. They're offering Angel Pagan arbitration, Brian. You know why? Because he's the most cost-effective solution in center field. He stinks. I don't like him. But at $4.5 or $5 million, he's a bargain. 
Because every other solution in center field is going to cost more than $5. This is my team? It's not about cutting the payroll down to $110 million. I don't care about that. But you can't you can't tell me to come and buy tickets to come see this team when you can't afford Ramon Hernandez. I can't. I can't have it. I can't. Why are they still allowed to own this team? And I'm, I don't want to get all Joe Beningo here, Bri. I'm trying really hard not to do this. We talked to Ted Berg last week, and I agree with Ted. I don't think they're going to be nearly as bad as everybody says they're going to be. I think there's a wealth of young talent there that people don't think is talented. I think that they're vastly underestimating what a guy like Ike Davis for 160 games healthy would mean to that lineup. Okay, Ike Davis, a uh, number one uh, first-round draft pick, uh, a huge baseball pedigree, had a great rookie year, was on his way to a great second year until he got bit by the Met bug. Only the Mets. Only the Mets. But uh, I'm saying there's talent on this team. If Johan Santana, if, I know, comes back in any way, shape, or form and gives them quality innings, they're not a bad team. They're not going to win 50 games. It's nonsense. Okay? But why should I give them any money? I it's, look, it's, I know this is the roof of this team. <laughs> did you did you choose did you choose or or did you not have a choice? I had a choice. I could have gotten out. I mean, they were given to me. I could have gotten out. I could have gotten out. See, I wasn't given a choice. Which is funny, considering that your dad is Waffle House. That's what makes it just all the more maddening. And right, he gave you the Mets, and then he went and rooted for the Yankees right. as well. I didn't have a choice yet. He decided to. Bail. Like the boat was sinking and, you know, save yourself. <laughs> the, ship, the ship be sinking. And he got out. Thanks. Yeah. Put on a Yankee hat and, and bailed. Um, <laughs> see, the thing is, and, and I, I, get, I get where you're coming from. I totally get where you're coming from. I'm furious with the Wilpons. I can't stand the fact that they own this team. I can't stand the fact that there's no money to re-sign one of the, the three best position players we've ever produced. At least top five. At sure. least top five. Uh, I hate that. I hate that. But the way that I look at it is that I, for better or for worse, this is my team, and, and I love this team more than I'm willing to give it up or give up what I normally would do. That's fair. I can't take that away from you. It's it and and it's and it's frustrating. It's maddening because I I wish I had the conviction to stand up and say, ah, oh, Will Pons be damned. I'm not going. I'm not buying a shirt. I'm wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> I'm wearing a Mets shirt right now, and I will probably go out and buy one of the new jerseys. I think I think they're sweet. They are but, sweet. But I hate and and it's and I don't know. Does it make me a hypocrite? I don't know because I hate them. I hate them. I, 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 I look at them, and I wish they would go away. I wish something would happen. I, I wish that the Madoff trustee would win his case. You know, I wish that they would go bankrupt and bring somebody else in. You know, when the Einhorn thing fell through, that was, that, that was the worst moment of the season for me. Yeah, I agree. Nothing else, not when Ike Davis broke his leg <laughs> bumping into David Wright. Yeah. 
You know, that was the worst. That was the worst moment. And getting hit by a sniper, that's apparently. Yeah, yeah. Has a bone fracture on his. Anyway, I, I agree. Einhorn was the worst moment of the season because there is money about to come into the team. Right. And it's, it is galling, is the only way to put it, to continuously hear them say that they are not having financial problems, <laughs> oh. that the prospective sale of shares of this team is going, is going well, and there's great, great interest, yeah. great interest in this. In buying 3% of the team for $12 right. million. Dollars. You're, not buying, you're not buying anything. You're essentially just loaning the will. You're giving the will puns money. You know, this is like a rich person looking for handouts. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing more than that. I mean, that's that's what it is. I'm, you know, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Come on down and own a piece of a major league baseball team—a very, very small piece. This is a piece that Hyman Roth would have liked. In this week's showcase showdown. We present the New York Mets. <laughs> oh. Then, yeah. Oh. Yes, you too, for $20 million, can own 3% of the New York Mets and get a Mets jacket. And really good seats. Really good. Not a luxury box or anything, but really good seats. And remember, everything is blue. <laughs> Just give us a loan. That's, I mean, just invest in the Mets. That's what it is. And this can all be yours if the price is right. If you have $20 million. Oh, three, one. <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 I am not. I cannot take the radical step that you're taking. I don't believe you will be able to stay true to this. Well, let's wait. These are two different. These are two different things you're saying. Listen to me. Listen. April fifth is going to come around real soon. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't going to watch the team. So I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. No, I'm. I'm not misinterpreting a single thing you're I saying. What? Follow them and root for them. I just don't want to give those those men any more money. Well, then. I'm just envisioning a scenario where, <laughs> hey, Steve, I happen to have an extra ticket to opening day. Uh, is it free? Well, then I'm there. I'm there, baby. If it's not free, if it's not free you're not going. If, if it's not free, it's not for me. I don't buy that. You're going to fall off the wagon with merchandising. That's where you're going to go. Wow. I think you might. I love how everybody's taking bets on how I can't possibly do this. Let's wager. Let's wager. Let's Cal and I have a wager on you. All right. I well, we're both on the same the, side of this, PJ. Well, but I'm, I'm wagering specifically on merchandise, and you can bet on uh, he will attend a game. Okay. All right. What, and uh, what, what, are the, what are the stakes? <laughs> the stakes have to be something good. $20 million or a 3% share of the Mets. Take the twenty million. <laughs> Take the twenty million. You don't want a three percent share of the Mets. I think you'll be, I think you will be there before the end of May. <laughs> All right. 
And PJ, you think I'll buy merchandise what? Before the season starts? <laughs> he's sizing me up on our video conference right he now. He is, literally. He's looking at you, trying to figure out how a Met hat would fit. Well, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, let's say, let's say, what was Cal's date? May? I'm going by the end of, I'll say Memorial Day. Memorial Day, yes. You you can't you can't not buy Mets merchandise. Wow. Between now and Memorial Day, twenty. All right. Well, listen, listen, we're all friends here on the show, so we'll rely on the honor system. <laughs> all right. This will be just like the uh, the bet on side. Right. Cut to December third. I'm out. <laughs> and you got a fancy New Jersey on and a hat, and and I'm holding tickets to opening day. <laughs> Met sunglasses, everything. Big Met scarf, Met Met pom ski hat. Have your look, have your car detailed. Look at, look at this. You got a nice nice pair of Met sunglasses for you. I got them. <laughs> right. Look at that. Oh, oh, look. You could you could have this. Am I wrong here, Brian? Look, I had a good conversation with McWalters today, right? And Kevin said, and Kevin's on this program too. Kevin is absolutely on this program too. And he said, and he said something that was so telling to me that I've sort of been ignoring. This is a program yeah, because I. <laughs> that's right. There's Kevin's theme music. Wow. He made one appearance on the show in two years, and his theme music lives on. That's how good, memorable. That's how good his theme music was. Um, he wants to come on again, Brian, by the way. Let's bring him on whenever he wants, because yes. I, I think he wants to come on and rail when Ray signs. <laughs> That's it. As soon as he signs, we'll have him back on. But we got to lean heavy on the bleep button. Yo, yeah. Yeah, we got to have PJ leaning heavily on, on the bleep button. He's not radio friendly. No, he, well, he won't be able to be that day. But he said something that was extraordinarily telling to me today, and that was in regards to and, – and Francesa said it too. It's just that when Francesa said it today, it infuriates me because he's Francesa. And I know he hates the Mets and he's making fun of them. Right. When Kevin said it today, it, it's because Kevin loves the Mets and it's killing him that they are this team. And that is, you're going to tell me that you can't afford Ramon Hernandez, but I'm going to buy season tickets. Are you kidding? In New York – you can't afford to sign Jose Reyes. You can't afford to keep your own players. You're going to put that crappy of a product on the field and keep telling me that it's going to get better? And Kevin's big thing was, I don't like being lied to. And I'm continue, continuing to be lied to. And, to. and he said today something that was in the papers the other day, and it was like the first thing from maybe it was Kevin Kernan or – I don't know one one of the really one of the guys who really stinks, but he said something that did make sense. It'll never happen. No, it was Harper. It was Harper. Harper said, "If you're the Mets, just it, and you don't sign Jose Reyes, just it. What, when are you going to finally admit you have financial difficulties, and that you're doing your best to come out of them and come watch the kids and sell it that way?" I'll tell you why, Steve. Because the minute that they do that, people will stop coming. Now, I know. People aren't coming. I know. I know. 
But when they come out and they admit it, then the people will really stop coming. I disagree with that. I think I think the Met fan wants them to be honest with them for once. And just say the Madoff situation affected our finances. Are we solvent? Yes, we're okay. We can put a team on the field. And we're going to put the best team on the field we can. But we need we can't afford Jose Reyes right now. We can't. I think the diehard Met fans absolutely want that. They want they want to hear that honesty. The people that are on the fence, you know, the the easy come easy go Met fans, if they hear that the the team is rebuilding and we're not going to be good next year, then that's it. They're out. So it doesn't have to be both. That's where I disagree with you. It doesn't have to mean they're rebuilding. They're cutting their payroll from 145 million cal to 110 million. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. They're not gutting the team to rebuild. Typically, that's the case here is you usually gut the team and you, re- you reduce your payroll and you rebuild and then you bring it back up. In this case, they're just reducing payroll. Right. That's not exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just say we need to reduce payroll for a couple of years so we get this thing under control. As you know, we've, we encountered a tough situation. That's it. Now, that, so that was, I agree. That was not our own doing, supposedly. Right. You know, we got caught in the middle of the Madoff mess that everybody else did. Okay, we got burned by a guy we trusted, and it's affected the finances for the Mets. See, you know why nobody cares about the Dodgers, Cal? Because it's all out there. It's all out there. They're bankrupt. Yeah. Oh, and they somehow managed to find eight years and $160 million for Matt Kemp, by the way. Mm-hmm. But the Mets can't find six years and $90 million for Jose Reyes? But they're not broke. They don't have any financial problems. They're just lowering payroll because there's not revenue in the team. Because people aren't coming to City Field. Dude, you got a new stadium. I mean, they're so full of crap, their eyes are brown, Bri. And I know. I've had it. I, I, listen, I am not going to sit here and defend them at all. No, I know. At all. I feel in the exact same way. I'm outraged by the way they've handled everything. That's outrageous. <laughs> but, um, but I, I do... I feel like and, – and I can't get on Sandy Alderson either. He's working with what he's been given, and he can't come right out and say what's going on. He can't be honest unless ownership is honest. You I, know? I, I agree. Everybody, you know, everybody's going to kill Sandy Alderson. Oh, you know, you're, you're putting a minor league team out there, and you know, just be honest with us. He can't do anything unless his bosses do it first. That's what you, you don't. You, that's not how you operate in business. You right. don't undercut the boss, no matter what. You can't do it. And I'm sure, I am sure, he would love to be able to set the record straight. Yeah. And you can, and you can hear it in his comments. He comes real close, okay. you know, without actually coming out and saying it. He's a smart guy. He knows how to do that. He has to. Well, what you, you know, everybody who. He's coming down hard on Sandy. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. Let's see what the big brain trust does. They've got enough GMs there. That's what Francesca said today. Right. Oh, the Ivy League big big brain trust does. You know, whatever. They can't do anything. They're going to Ramon Hernandez. But but let me tell you something. I trust that this group will be able to do the best that they can. And I trust this group a whole hell of a lot more than any other group they've had in there. Oh, of course. I I mean, I I, I trust that they'll do the best they can as well. But I just don't know what they can do. Other than sell off the team in its entirety and just get draft picks which and build for 2015, and maybe maybe that's maybe that's the plan. We don't know. We don't know what the plan is. Can't be the plan. I don't know. Can't be the plan. Well, I look, 
I just look. He's he's going to sign with the Marlins. I got news for you. I, I think that's obvious. They offered they offered Pujols nine years, Cal. Yeah, nine years and two hundred million was it? Mm-hmm. You know, you know what? Are they, kid, are they kidding? What's going on with the Marlins? Is this? You, you know what really works? What what's been proven in sports that really works is you just bring all kinds of superstar free agents onto one team, yeah, and create uh, what they call a dream team, right? Works in every sport. Works fantastically in basketball. Worked really well for the Heat. Um, working bang up job in Philadelphia with the Eagles. Excellent for the three and six uh, Eagles. Yes. Really looking good. So that's so that's definitely the way to go. Just just. Blow out all your money on a couple of big name free agents. Yep. You know, displace incumbents and make them upset to have to play a different position. Mm-hmm. You know that that really that works out well for morale and, and team chemistry. Especially uh, if you have a particular player who's been a clubhouse cancer his entire career. Right. Move him. Move why, him out of the yeah, position. Why not? Why not upset him a little yeah. bit? It's a good idea. It's good. It's good thinking. So, you know, it's great, and it makes, it makes for great copy, and the writers love it because, oh, they've got stories, you know? They don't have to actually work because the stories are being written for them, yep. you know? But guess what? From a baseball standpoint, maybe not such a great idea. It's just, I, you know, you can't, look, you can't kill them for wanting to sign Albert Pujols. I mean, no, of course know. not. But to sign Pujols and Reyes on a 72-win team, Pujols and Reyes and Burley and Madsen. I mean, come on. They won 72 games last year. Okay? They, they, they didn't win 85 games. They won 72 games. The Mets won 76 or 77. Okay, so the, so Jose Reyes would be going to a worse team. Are, are they going to – does Albert Pujols and Jose Reyes equal 18 wins? Jose Reyes might not equal 18 games. This is all I'm saying. You know, this idea that they're that he can't get away from the Mets fast enough to go to a winner. Um, guys, Marlins won 72 games last year. I, I thought I really thought the Pujols thing was entirely window dressing because they were unveiling their new logo or whatever. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't. But they, I don't, but Cal, they but made him a legit offer. They made well, a legitimate offer. Nine years and two hundred million is a legitimate offer. That is a legitimate offer. Well, it's like I said the other day. The nice thing is, if the if the Marlins sign Reyes, we'll be able to sign him back in two years when they fire sale after they win a World Series. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll we'll have Reyes, and the Mets will be out of financial peril, and hopefully the Wolfons have been forced to sell the team, and we'll have them back. I don't think they're going anywhere, Steve. Uh, you you uh. One thing, one last thing on the baseball. We were talking about this today. Baseball is thinking about scrapping the the divisions or whatever, like the three divisions, and going to just two divisions of 15 teams in each league and five playoff teams. So th- what? <laughs> so that's one division winner and four and wild four, cards and four wild cards, right? See, I I thought it was two. Two teams would get a buy. Is somebody getting a buy in this equation? The first, yeah, the the division winners would be getting a buy, and then you'd have a wild card round. Yeah, but that still doesn't work out because you'd have an odd number of teams. 
Yeah, no, he, I don't think there's a buy. Well, I think then how how do five how do five teams play each other then? I think that the last two teams are a play-in situation. I think we might have been given some bad information. I wonder who would do that. I think we might be. <laughs> I got. I have to. I'm going to doctor erase test is unavailable. Well, how can we who would do something like that? Uh, I'm going to have to do a little due diligence here and see exactly what's being proposed because if it's two two leagues of 15 teams, all right. Let, let's can we start there? Sure. Can we start there before we even contemplate potential playoff teams? Two leagues of 15 teams. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's 1957. <laughs> What, have, they, have they combined like the ACC and the Pac-10, or <laughs> just let's put a super conference together, 15 teams? I mean, look, they they did divisions right back when baseball expanded. They expanded the divisions because of travel, right? And then you had geographic matchups, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So you did um, you know divisions based on geographic rivalries, uh, stuff like that. I guess they're saying that's gone. I, I guess. I think the whole thing's poppycock, hogwash, and poppycock. Oh, it's 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 just awful. Yeah, it's just and, awful. And as you said today, you're just dreading reading. Uh, and the Mets slipped to 13th in the division today with another loss to the Marlins and Jose Reyes. <laughs> Did you imagine? Oh gosh. Now, Jose Reyes homers twice to the Marlins as the fifth place playoff bound Marlins. Yeah. Defeat the 14th place New York Mets. I'm all for adding another playoff team, though. Yeah, I like that a lot. I am. You know, I saw a stat the other day, Brian, that I, and again, this sort of feeds into this idea of the two 15 team divisions or whatever. You know, 22 different teams have made the playoffs since 2005 in baseball. Really? Yeah. 22 oh. different teams have made the playoffs. That's crazy. In baseball since 2005. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's pretty, pretty good. It's, yeah. Considering that, you know, everybody's crying about the haves and the have-nots and the revenue sharing and the Yankees are, have the – now the Yankees have made the playoffs every one of those years except one. Uh, and the Red Sox have every one of those years except one, et cetera. But there have been 22 different teams in the playoffs. Can you name them? Go. No. Okay. Well, how about this? Can you name the eight that weren't? I can name two. <laughs> the Pirates and the, the Pirates and the Royals. Pirates and the Royals have not made the playoffs. Um, the Orioles. The Orioles have not. The. That's tough. Uh, Nationals. The Nationals have not. That's four. The Mariners. The Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have not. The Mariners have. Remember, the Mariners won like a hundred million games. Yeah, not in two thousand five. What year? That was uh, that was ninety nine. Oh. <laughs> 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 I lost a decade. I don't think the Mariners have made the playoffs. You think it's the Mariners, huh? Oh, the the A's. I think the A's. If the, uh, the Moneyball A's would have made the playoffs, not in. Since 2005, the Moneyball A's were the 2004 A's. 
don't think they've made the playoffs. This counts the 2005 season. I don't think they have, Brian. I feel like they have. You feel like they're a wild card in there? Or did they win the West? They must have won the West. I don't think they wouldn't have been a wild card. I think we got a bunch of them. Boy, if only we had a compelling, isn't it? This is fantastic radio. <laughs> if only we had a guy, Bry, you know, somebody who worked with the show, who was like, his whole job was just to punch up this kind of stuff, you know, to get us like stats and information. Doctor Rewrite right. test is unavailable. Oh, no, there you go, Bry. Man, <sighs> Kel. Man. Yes. <laughs> Kel, the computer's talking to you again. <laughs> Um, Bishop Bot 5000. Bishop Bot 5000 is, wants to have a word with you. Uh, <laughs> maybe Bishop Bot 5000 can tell us where uh, who we're sponsored by. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if Bishop Bot 5000 still has that. Ready to unload is ready to unload is sponsored by the Mets, the Jets, and the Mafia. Oh, that's right. We are sponsored by the Mafia. So the Mafia, <laughs> ready to unload, brought to you by the Mafia. The Mafia. Mingy my nudge. <laughs> I've been waiting all week to read that copy. Um, Bri, uh, you want to talk fo- – can we talk football for a couple minutes? Can we get away from the baseball, so please? Sure. Because it's all hurting my head. I guess. Okay, the Giants uh, – the New York football Giants. The Jets, I can't even talk about. They play the Tebos tomorrow night. Yeah, they got a big game tomorrow night. If they lose this game, every game's a big game with this team, Brian. A terrible loss to the to the Patriots. Yep. As as bad a loss as they've had since the last time they got blown out by the Patriots last year. Right. Now that day will live in infamy for me because I know the day my son was born. So, so then this is only the, this would have only been the second worst loss in your son's life. <laughs> right. <laughs> On Sunday night. He got the worst loss out of the way early. That's a you know? On his first uh his first day in the world. He got the can't, yeah, it can't be much worse than that. Look, it, it was it was a terrible loss. It was it was something that you and I it's near and dear to our heart, Brian Schottenheimer, and my brother had uh, I think Scott had the great line, which was the only thing that the, the only thing that stopped the run on on Sunday night was Brian Schottenheimer. My gosh. It, it, it sure as hell wasn't the Patriots. I mean, just you know, he continues to to baffle you with his. Uh, he's back. Yep. He's backwards. We talked about this, you know, earlier in the week. Yep. The, in the first game against the Patriots, everybody said the the way to beat the Patriots is to throw the ball. So he decided, I'm going to put a game plan. In. Well, no, no, I have it backwards. I'm sorry. Yes. Everybody was killing the Jets. For not having the ground and pound identity, you know, you had to ground and pound, ground and pound. Ground. I mean, I I swear, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth got some sort of royalties for using that phrase on Sunday night. Yep, ground and pound, ground yep. and pound. But going back to the first Patriots game, Schottenheimer forced a running plan, a running game plan into into the game when he clearly should have been throwing. He should have opened it up more. Yep, but. He decided, well, we have to establish this identity, and we're going to do it this week. This is the week we're going to do it. This is when we're going to do it. Yep. And and it failed. So now, cut to Sunday, and 
once again, he, he decides that the Patriots, that's their weakness, is throwing the ball. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to throw the ball. And about halfway through the first half, it's painfully obvious that the Jets' offensive line can't stop the Patriots' pass rush. They can't protect Sanchez. Four-man pass rush. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they were blitzing and bringing corners and safeties and, and uh, the kitchen sink. It was a four-man pass rush, which is one of the reasons they, they were dropping seven guys in coverage. Sanchez couldn't find anybody open. And we're not talking about coverage sacks either. No, we're talking no, about no. Andre Carter beating uh, DeBrickishaw Ferguson and Wayne Hunter like a drum to the tune of four and a half sacks. How do you not make an – if you are an NFL coach, right, you're a coach, you are, a, you are hired with the sole purpose of coaching an NFL team. <laughs> That's all you do. That's your life, right? And then some. And then some. And, and all you do, all you ever do is analyze, right, is study film, break down what the opponent is doing. That's all you ever, ever do. That's your only responsibility. You don't see your kids. You don't cook meals. You don't do anything. You don't swim. You, you don't take a job. Maybe there's no... There's no uh, recreation. You're not going to the movies. Nothing. You haven't seen a movie since, uh, who knows, maybe uh, Rocky IV. Well, Rocky IV. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky, Rocky V? Listen, so it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of making light of it, but it really baffles me, and, and there's no explanation for it. I know you don't have an explanation for it, Jet fans, just how they are just unable to make adjustments in the game. He never does. He never takes what the defense is giving him. Ever. Right, right. And, and he had some great game plans. He had a really great game plan against Buffalo, and it worked. So you didn't have to change anything. Well, Steve, let me ask you a question though. With him, is 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 it his ego getting in the way? Does, is he stubborn and, and, and he's so arrogant to think that this is my plan and it's going to work and we're going to force it come hell or high water? Or is he just not able – he just doesn't recognize the adjustments that he needs to make? Which one is it? You know what? I used to think it was the obstinance. I really did. I used to think it was the ego and saying, look, the game plan is there. The system is there. If you execute it properly, it will work no matter what defense they're throwing at it. I used to think that. Now, I'm not sure he's capable of making in-game adjustments. I, mean, I, I think some coaches just aren't. And, and I'm, I'm really not sure he's capable of making in-game adjustments and, and taking advantage of what the defense is showing him that day. Right. Or, or if he is making adjustments, he's not good at it. You know, he, he's, he's not good at operating on the fly. Which well, we don't see the adjustments. Yeah, I, I I just don't see them. But it, but you know what? This this comes down to something as simple uh, as we all could see they needed they should be running the ball more. They were getting five yards a clip. They could have run for two hundred yards in that game. Okay, so it's it was really that simple. It was really that simple. And then you know you have like the first drive of the second half where you come out and throw three passes and go three and out. That was crazy. 
you know, I, I, again, I think it's maybe equal parts obstinance and, you know, ego, ego driven obstinance. And he's not good at making in-game adjustments uh, either way. This team finds itself at five and four with a huge game four days later, you know, basically 92 hours later on the road in Denver, which is a ridiculously difficult place to play against uh, the option, you know, and, and the, the <laughs> basically a college uh, uh, offense that Tim Tebow is running with some great success. Tim Tebow, a, a complete uh, lightning rod, and we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and I, even I think they should start going easy on the guy. Of course, you saw what they did with Revis's comments, right, Cal? Oh, that. yes, absolutely. Now, did you see his actual comments? Uh, no, I didn't, because I only saw it in the context that they were presented. Right. That he was going to fall asleep. Right. When what he said was, and I watched, I saw the interview, mm-hmm. what he said was, you can't fall asleep on him. You got to, you know, they, they run the ball so much, we have to do a good job. He was joking around, first of all. Right. About they run the ball so much, we got to make sure we stay awake, you know, because there's not a lot for corners to do when they run the ball a lot. That's not super arrogant. And then the other thing he said is, but, you, you know, look, he completed a 59-yard touch or whatever it was, 53-yard touchdown pass. You can't fall asleep on him. You can't fall asleep on that aspect that he can throw the ball, so we got to do our best to stay awake. Right. And it turned into, Darrell Rivas says, Tim Tebow stinks. Now, he did say he doesn't think the the option can work. In the NFL. Uh, okay. he, said, he said it could work with certain quarterbacks. Said there were two people. Well, he said Mike Vick and Chris Johnson in the same backfield. Right. Because they're the oh, two right. fastest that's, guys right. in the NFL. He said that's not, the only way it's going to work. It's it not an insult. It wasn't as remotely as insulting as everybody. But you know what? Good, Cal. Let's have it this week. Let's have it with the controversy. Good. They play better when they're considered to be jerks. Yeah, they seem to. So, you know, enough. I don't I don't even want to talk about this game tomorrow night. I'm so frightened of it. I don't like it. Okay. I th- I I can see them somehow losing this game. Will you watch it? Now, Brian. Will do you, I even do we even have to dignify that with an answer? Well, you won't watch the post-game show. Why wouldn't I watch the post-game show? Uh, it's on SNY. Uh, I'm not banning SNY. But it's owned by the Wilpons. Only like sixty percent. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was like a sliding scale that you followed in your convictions. It's not necessarily a sliding scale. They also do a great job with SNY. They do do a great job. Okay. Although that Ray Lucas is a little much sometimes. He's a little tough to take with the Jet Post game. But the, it, hey, look, if they were putting a Met product on the field that was as good as what's on SNY, I'd go watch. I'd go to the ball game. All right. So there you go. You're not going to keep me from watching the post game. All right, so you want to move on from the Jets? You get, I, I just wanted to talk about the Giants. I just wanted to talk about the Giants. Nice. Let's That's talk all. about the Giants. I, don't, I didn't mean to get you upset. Well, this is a huge game for the Giants. Very big game. And I, and I feel like this team has had the second half swoon the last, what, three years? I mean, all of Coughlin's tenure, they've had a second half swoon. Except the Super Bowl. Well, even that year wasn't re- – I mean, they didn't really play well down the stretch. They only turned it on in that last game of the season. Right, against the Patriots, which, right. they, lo- which they lost. Which they lost, but they gave them – I mean, they right. gave them a lot. They gave them a lot of juice. 
Um, they lost last week to the, to the Niners after their big emotional win over the Patriots, which, by the way, everybody knew was going to happen. I mean, everybody knew it was going to happen. You just so knew the Giants were going to lose that game. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, that seemed like a no-brainer. No, they were in that game right to the end. Oh, no, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I thought they had a chance to get blown out, but I knew they were losing that game. I just it just had a classic got to fly across the country. You just beat the Patriots and you're feeling all great about yourself. And that's and the, the Niners are playing extraordinarily well. And no Ahmad Bradshaw, no you know. Uh, I, I just saw that as a very losable game for them. So I wasn't surprised they lost. Well, let me. I guess I guess I guess the big question continues to be: Is uh, is Eli Manning elite? I think he is. I think he's second or third for the MVP voting right now. Can I ask you, though, why that seems to be such a huge deal for people? Because of what he said. Because of the interview before the season. When he was asked if he was in the same class as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, his brother, he and said he, yes. He viewed himself as an elite quarterback. So now every every, every team, article that's right. Every article has to be now. That's right. Has to go back to that, and you know, you know he's, what's great is that his name is Eli, which, if you didn't know, that's contained in the word elite. So that, again, yeah, I don't get that. Every article has to be used in. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what they've done. You got it now, right? With because you can't spell elite without Eli. That's right. Do you smell? Like, do you smell smoke? Hmm. <laughs> Now I get it. Right. Uh, good one. Uh, clever. Good one, guys. Good one. Oh, they're, wow. They're funny. Great hustle, everybody. That's a good one. Good job out there. Even you, those on the floor. <laughs> really. Really tight. Top notch. <laughs> good job, Vecchiano. Put those pom-poms down. Oh, boy. Did you, see, did you see his article today? No. <laughs> Ralphie pom-poms? About how Coughlin, Coughlin is doing the coaching job of his life, and he deserves an extension. Oh, God. His byline, he should be wearing a helmet, like a giant helmet. No, but like the kid giant helmet. Like, yeah, really oversized. Right, like the, like the kid, like the hutch one. Oh, the plastic one, right, yeah. With the, with the white plastic face mask. That you can buy the uniform in the box. That's right, like the Butch Wolfork, you know, right. from back then. Scott, he should have a Scott Bruner jersey on. <laughs> Ralphie Pom Poms. Oh man. I mean just take it easy, guy. Take it's, it easy. It's great. It's it's so funny how well this is I know. It's for another night. It's true though. It's true. What you're about to say is absolutely true. It's the yin and the yang of New York sports. You have beat writers covering the Jets who absolutely despise the team. Despise them. They do. It's it's really I mean I mean, Samini writes articles where you have to wonder, why would you choose to continue to cover a team you dislike that much? Maybe, well, here, that brings up a very good question. Maybe he doesn't choose to cover this team. Maybe he's just not good enough to cover another team. And oh, they're not going to, they won't put him on a team. I mean, maybe that's, I don't need, maybe he's trapped. He's, you know. That's right. <laughs> those guys at ESPN are, you know, Adam Rubin, Rich Samini, they're trapped in their beats. Right. And they can't get out, so they're just going to lash out and, and snark their way through every column, you know? The great thing is Samini's been covering the Jets for like 22 years. I know. 
I know. I can't even – I don't even read the articles, Bri. I just look at the little blurb headlines on ESPN New York and just uh, him and uh, Ian O'Connor, and I just – I laugh my ass off. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna read this article if I'm a Jet fan. Right. And we'll just look at the tweets. Pretty pretty boy Sanchez doesn't get it. That's the headline of the article. Is Santonio Holmes angry? <laughs> wow. Jets prove once again they're not ready for prime time and and suck a lot too. Darrell No Doze Revis is probable for the game on Thursday. <laughs> Get it? Do you, you see what he did there? I do. No Doze. Oh, wake me when it gets clever. Hey, let's talk about the Giants real quick though. Going back to well, them. Well, this is a huge game because they play the Eagles, the the three and six Eagles who are. Never. No, who are suspending guys for missing meetings and Deshaun Jackson is benched and doesn't even dress and Mike Vick has broken ribs and they are a disaster. Does it, do you think it's going to cost Andy Reid his job? I don't know. I don't know. But if they lose this week, their season's over. I mean, their season is is pretty much on life support as it is. It's on the brink, no doubt. But if they lose to the Giants, that's why the the Giants can actually nail in the coffin. Well, and and if you look at if you look at you know retribution, because this is a game of of redemption. See if you know this is a game of redemption. Wow, the um, that's how big that's that's how grand I'm making this. Brian Cliche Calvi, everybody. The Giants have it. Are they going to take them one game at a time, Bri? Or yeah, well, you know, the good Lord willing, they're going to go out there on Sunday night and just try to help the team in any way they can. All fifty-three men are going to contribute to this game. Write it down. <laughs> That's awful. I know. Write it down. They have. A, they have a chance to do to the Eagles what the Eagles did to them last year. That's right. Now, now, what do you what do you think about this game, though? I mean, obviously the Eagles playing in desperation. Vic might play the Giants. Could they? They have the ridiculous second half schedule. Where they still have Dallas twice. They have Green Bay. They have the Jets. They have they have a ridiculously difficult second half schedule. This team is six and three right now. Dallas is suddenly five and four and playing well. Right, right in their rearview mirror, and they play Dallas twice. The Giants have to have this game. Because you, you, if you're the Giants, not even to to put the nail in the coffin of the Eagles, yeah, great. But also to not say, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Now it's two straight losses. Now all of a sudden we're six and four and maybe tied with Dallas, who I think plays St. Mary's home for the blind this week. So, right. You know, all and their sudden, best player suspended. Right. That's right. <laughs> all of a sudden you're, you're six and four in a tie for first place with Dallas and having lost two in a row. And you're like, what just happened? Right, and then and then it becomes mental. It's starting to creep in again. And no Ahmad Bradshaw again this week. That's very big. It's it's big, but I think I think Jacobs has been playing well, and DJ Ware has been providing a nice change of pace for them too. No, absolutely. They 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 have done a good job filling in instead. But that's still big. You'd like to have Ahmad Bradshaw in this game. And what what about the story this week? Just changing topics a little bit. You know, Victor Cruz in the yeah, night the other night. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Well, 
Coughlin came out and said Victor Cruz was what in a nightclub for his birthday, like a supper club, and there was a shooting and a murder there or something like that. And yeah, somebody was shot and killed in the club. Right. They heard the shots and they got down on the ground. Right, a couple of the players. I think it was him and Canty and was there. Um, and Coughlin came out and said, "I'm sorry, I have to laugh. It's a terrible situation, but I had to laugh at Coughlin because he is like 65 or whatever he is. You know, coming out and saying." I, I never understood what, you know, I turned into a parent at this point. I never understood what you're doing out at 2 o'clock in the morning anyway. Really, Tom? Really? Really? Always, I could said nothing good happens at 3 in the morning. Right. I can tell you what he's doing out at 2 o'clock in the morning, Tom. He's having a good time. He's 24 years old and he's a millionaire. You know, is it right? Uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but really? Really, Tom? You can't remember ever being out at 24 years old? I, I truly believe Tom Coughlin was never out of touch. <laughs> That's right. He was looking at film. <laughs> I'm not going out again tonight. <laughs> I think I think I'm going to do a heck of a job looking at a lot of film. <laughs> he really is an angry little leprechaun, isn't he? I guess. He's a curmudgeon, but he, but he's a lovable. He's lovable at this point. If you're a Giants fan, forget about it. I think he's. Remember when they had him up on his shoulders in New England last week? <sighs> he was like a puppet. He was like an old man, like Sesame Street character, just bobbing around on top of their shoulders. Look, he's he's a. I think he's actually an underrated coach. I think he's, he's a, a good. Great yeah, he's a good coach. He's a tremendous. I think he's a tremendous coach. He's a very good coach. Um, I don't think he gets the credit that maybe he deserves for being such a good coach. It's funny. I was. I well, was. But the guy's a goof. I mean, I'm sorry if if he's not the coach of your team. You're like, really, Tom Coughlin? Well, it was funny. Why is my angry great uncle your coach? I was. Um, I had the giant game on in the other room on Sunday, and I had stepped out of the room. We were getting getting the kids ready for school the next day. Now, it's late, you know, late Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. And sure. Then you, you listen to the game from another room. That's how you watch, when you're a parent, that's how you watch a game on Sunday at 4. Right. You become <laughs> that seven-hour process. Right. You, pre, you pretty much you put the TV on in the rooms that you have a TV, and then you just kind of work your way through the house and you kind of pick up stuff. Right. So I'm in another room, and, and my wife, Allison, is watching the game. And all of a sudden she says, oh, well, that man's not happy. And I knew right away it was right. Coughlin. I didn't know what had happened. Right. But, but it was just so funny for someone who doesn't watch it to see him pop up on the screen and start turning all shades of purple. Right. You know? He, he, was, he, he, was, he wasn't happy. Can I just – speaking of not happy, yeah, I'm so glad that Sanchez, uh, Mark Sanchez addressed this idea that Rex Ryan – saying that it was the stupidest play in the history of the NFL or whatever, was somehow going to upset poor Mark Sanchez. Mm. Like, I, I wish Mark Sanchez's answer to this would have been, and it, and it sort of was, if you read between the lines, but I wish it, you know, like the question is posed, hey, Mark, you know, did you hear that, you know, does that bother you that he said it's the stupidest play in the history of the NFL or something like that? And, and his answer was, uh, no, dumbass, because it's <laughs> exaggerating. Because because if you think about it, 
I don't for a second think that Rex Ryan thought that in the 110-year history of the National Football League, that me leaving 17 seconds on the play clock was the dumbest play in the history of the league. Because, uh, see, because that's exaggeration, because he was emotional in the moment. And I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough. I may not have a degree from USC, but I am intelligent enough to understand hyperbole when it happens. And, and well, that, it, that was only, but that was only the second best uh, press conference moment of the week. Right. Because what was the best one? The best one was Rex uh, commenting on what Bill Belichick said to his son, which was caught on camera, but Bill Belichick thought he was saying it in privacy, and it's fine for him. Uh, making a comment about the Jets' defense and putting up 37 points on them, and then he had an expletive about suck my Jimmy Yum. And they asked Rex how he felt about that, and Rex said, uh, that's funny, you know, I said the same thing to my son after we beat him last year in the playoffs about the number one offense. And this reporter was like, really? You said that? Really? Oh my <laughs> I totally took him seriously. And Rex stood there at the podium with a, in disbelief, utter disbelief, like, like looking around, like, is this a joke? Like, this guy's serious? And just said to him, you know, my son wasn't at the game last year. Like, Rex Ryan's son is like 16. <laughs> And every reporter in the room laughed that he actually had to set this guy straight. Right. But they, you know they'll they'll do they'll do that. I I don't know. What, do you like the Giants in this game? I do. I really uh, do. I I I think they're they're better than the Eagles. Clearly better than the Eagles. Vic might not even play. I and I really think they're going to have a little extra juice on a Sunday night at home. All right. You know, like you said, they need this game badly. But I really think there's a little extra something based on what happened last last year. I like the Eagles in this game. Okay, I do. I I think I I just do. I just have a feeling you go with the desperate team, right? I go with the desperate team, and I go with the team that maybe starts playing for Andy Reid's job. I don't get that impression with this team at all. You don't think? No, not at all. All right. Okay. Maybe I'm misreading. That's my opinion. What do I know? Maybe I'm misreading. But you know, you're starting to hear whispers that this is somehow his fault. And I think those, you know, I think, I think those players like Andy Reid. I do. I do. I don't know. Well, like you know, like they say, it's Sean Jackson might not, but I think, uh, you know, Mike Vick knows that he gave him a second chance, and you know, what do you think of that? Benching Deshaun Jackson for missing a meeting. Hey, you know, you can't lose control of the team, right? It's the right thing to do. Right. You can't lose control of the team. He misses a meeting. He says he overslept or whatever. He's He said earlier in the week that he's been distracted by the fact he didn't get a contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that he didn't get the money. He needs to be lying if he said it wasn't a distraction. And then he misses a meeting. He sleeps through it or whatever. Sit down. Take a seat. We'll get somebody in there that uh, is not distracted. Didn't didn't work out well for them. <laughs> No, it didn't. I mean, they really – you could argue that that was the difference in the game. You could. Yeah, you could. May have cost them the game. They fumbled a punt, didn't they? Uh, they didn't did. Steve Smith fumble a punt? <laughs> he did. Speaking of which, Steve Smith, good pickup, by the way. In your Bye. leagues. In your fantasy leagues. Oh, who picked up Steve Smith in our league? Oh, I don't know. 
Who would do that? We gotta get the levels correct here. We're really doing the fun mode? We're gonna do an eight minute fun mode. Bring PJ back in and do a little eight minute fun mode. What do you think? Sure, why not? Otherwise, we could, do, we could spend the last 10 minutes talking about Jose Reyes. I have no problem with that either. No, I'm sure there'll be 10 minutes next week. So let's, bring him, let's bring him back in. In for his big segment. It's all about him. It's all about the Bishop. Pop culture. PJ. Our producer at rock. large. Let's get all radio-y. <laughs> I got my flannel on. All right, PJ, uh, welcome to the fun load that you helped invent. What were you listening to in 1993? Go. I was listening to my roommate and his bong. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So I had everybody there for a second. Yep. You know, I felt like I was there for a second. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. There it is. There it is. Cool. So, so what, does, what does the blog talk about? Oh. There it is. <laughs> All right. Bye. Ready to unload has been brought to you by Clorox 2. And the Mafia. Think you my nudge. It's the Mafia. There's a horse. There's a horse head in your bed. It's the mafia. I don't understand the jokes on this show. I don't. You, I don't care for that kind of humor. I don't like but, that kind of humor, and I think it promotes a bad view of the da 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 with the dee dee dee. A monkey. He introduces <laughs> the act. The great Mary Gross, uh, just, looking just, as flustered as she has ever looked. Is that a top five? That that uh, that's always been a top five sketch for me. Of that cast, I, I, I oh, of the oh. eight. Oh, oh wow! We have a future fun load. <laughs> you no, that's un- a, that's a, that's ten shows right there talking about the best SNLs. Yeah, I know. You have to do it by year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you got you, you you've got. Uh, Crystal playing Sammy Davis Jr. Christopher Guest playing that bizarre character. Oh, the synchronized swimmers. Get to sink. Well, that's a whole nother. Please, that's a whole nother ball. No, you're not angry at him. You're just pointing at him. <laughs> hey, you. I know you. I know you. <laughs> Special stuff. I don't swim. It wasn't stuff. always so much live that year, but boy, it was good. They did a lot of videotape stuff. Yep. That was one year, too, wasn't it? it was wasn't that like just 84? That was 80, I think it was 85, Bri, and that was the Dream Team. That was the Dream Team season. They could. Right. Speaking of Dream Teams, they could not keep that cast together for more than one year. And I'll, 85. Give, I'll give you that cast right now. Well, Eddie Murphy was gone. Yeah, no, it was, it was a one-year cast that, and, and that wasn't Lorne. No, that was no, uh, Eversol. That was, was Eversol. Yep. And that was a one-year cast where he had uh, uh, Crystal, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer, Jim Belushi, Rich Shearer Hall. Shearer left early. Shearer was Rich, gone by Christmas, though. 
he did the first ten episodes. Yeah, he was, but then then he got really frustrated with the writing. Right. Well, Shear was a writer on there before. Right. Um, Rich Hall. Brilliant. Uh, Pamela Stevenson. She's not part of the all-star aspect of it, but she was she was one of the females. Mary she, was confident, she was a confident performer, and she was uh, Aussie also. Right? She was Australian, yes, which nobody knows. Was um, Kazarinsky on that one? Kazarinsky was, I believe. Yep, he was. I'm, you know what I'm doing right now, Cal? I'm playing the opening in my head because I'm going to so well. Dana yeah. Carvey was there, I think, at that point, right? Not Not there yet. She wasn't there yet. Miller? If Kazarinski was there, he was held over from the year before then. Rich Hall is definitely there. Guest did the news. Yes. Mm-hmm. Guest did weekend update. You know what I remember about the opening, guys? The hot dog. Yep. <laughs> that gets started by Belushi, and Pamela Stevenson is supposed to catch it. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she drops it in the opening credits. So you had Pardo doing Jim Belushi, Billy Crystal, Christopher Guest, Martin Short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good Pardo. Thank you. Martin Short, yeah. Uh, Harry Shearer, well, yeah. That's just an unbelievable cast. Unbelievable cast. And there are... Was Joan Cusack on that year? Nope. No. That's the, So then this was 84, that was 84. Right. 80, 85 was the year they tried more actors. Yep, Robert Downey Jr. The sketches fell apart a little bit. Julia Louis-Dreyfus was still there. Mm-hmm. She's she's on the 84 cast, right? Yes, I'm looking at it now. Okay, what do you got? Let's go. Give me the rundown. You got Belushi? Yep. Crystal? Yep. Christopher Guest? Yep. Mary Gross? Can you give me the rundown as Francesca, please? <laughs> Or oh, Russo, right. or Russo, your choice. This is a good cat, uh, Rich Hall. Who's that? Uh, uh, Gary Kroger. Gary Kroger, good. Was on the, oh, was on the Gary season. Kroger. Underrated. Very good straight man. Underrated. Very good. You know, you know who was enormous that year? <laughs> Martin Short. Also, we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're talking, uh, we're talking mantle. 61. Phenomenal numbers. Uh, just, just outrageous. Just huge. Huge. <laughs> so, Rich Hall. Good cast, Maggie. Some cast. And Pam Stevenson, yes. That was unbelievable. That's who was there in 84. Pis- uh, Piscopo was there in 84. Mm-hmm. Piscopo was on there? Really? Um, he's got to be a, he's got to be the, on his way out though, right? He yeah, he made it to eighty five. You know what's funny? I don't remember Piscopo in a single sketch that season. Robin Duke, Robin Duke, yes, was very, there. Very under talented. For that Stop cast. it now! Stop it! <laughs> that was, that's right. It's, and it's then Mr. It, and Mrs. T's Bloody Mary mix. Come on, that's Robin Duke. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then in 85, they revamped with everybody. Right. Holy cow, we're almost out of time, fellas. No, nah, we're going over. Nine, we, well, we can't, <laughs> is the thing. Well, we can. Just, we can. It just won't be on the air. Wow. We have 90 seconds left in the show. 
Well, Go spend... over. It'll stay. In it. It'll be on iTunes, won't it? I don't think it does. No. Well, maybe, maybe it does. I don't think you can I... do. It. He introduces the axe. I think it records. I think it records, uh, but it, it, it's not going to broadcast. You're going to have to uh, check us out on Overtime. All right, send all your questions to Overtime at rtu.com. At rtu.com. Uh, well, I'm no, glad you guys uh, brought me in. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the show. This is what we should do. Hmm. There you go. There's your show. We just we just talk about old uh, SNL sketches. There's a show. How about Peter Ackroyd in 1980? Wow. Sure. Bottom of the barrel. All right, PJ, final unload, quick. <laughs> Too slow. Chocolate babies. <laughs> Too slow. Calvin, final unload. Islanders, black jerseys, I hate them. And my final unload is goodbye, Mets. I'll miss seeing you live. That's all the time we have on Ready to Unload. Thanks very much for joining us. And tune in next week when we'll be back on Thanksgiving week. What are we going to do? Tuesday night, Cal? Tuesday or Wednesday? All right, we'll do Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, join us uh, then. Uh, in the meantime, for our producer, Jacob Chopo, for Brian Calvey, I'm Steve San Pietro. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and good night, everybody. So long. He introduces the axe, Brian. A monkey. <laughs> like kind a of a lost cap thing. <laughs> this is Chocolate Baby. Good night, everybody. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.